Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. Follow the crowd. Amen. The, the small people that are making their way out there are children. Amen. And for those that are remaining in here, we're continuing our study tonight of the book of Acts. Amen. Turning to Acts chapter 3. Amen. It's good, so good to see everyone tonight in the house of the Lord. Amen. amen. One amen, Brother Brett. Thank you for that. The rest of it is good. I said it's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord tonight. Sister Angelita, those glasses are awesome. Sister Angelita gets the cool glasses award tonight. They match her shirt, I think, even. That's pretty cool. Amen. Um, Acts chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed to them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Amen. The Lord bless you tonight. This is the segment that we're going to focus our attention on. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. And the English Standard Version, again, which is kind of the template that we're following, the way that they have segmented these uh, portions of the book of Acts, and the heading that they give to this portion of Scripture is the lame beggar healed. And so tonight we're going to look at that. The lame beggar is healed. And I believe that even in this title... There's revelation even in the title that is given to this segment of Scripture. Amen. There's, there's a lot of good things we're going to get tonight out of these ten verses of Scripture. But I think even in the title, the heading that is given to the summarizing of these passages, of these portions of Scripture, there's revelation that is there. Because I believe that the expression that describes the condition and the character of this man are what make him a candidate for the healing. Amen. It's the condition and the character of this man that make him a candidate for a healing. First of all, the Bible tells us he was lame. Amen? That in and of itself qualifies him as a candidate for a healing. Amen? Because if you're not sick, you don't need a healing, right? Amen? Had this man been whole, he would not have needed healing. Amen? In Mark chapter 2, verse 17, Jesus, speaking to the Pharisees, says this, When Jesus heard it, he said unto them, they that are whole have no need of a physician, but they that are sick. 
I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Amen. Again, the emphasis here being this man, it was his lame condition that made him a candidate for the healing. Amen. For the miracle. It was, con- it was his condition that qualified him as a candidate, not only for a healing, but for the first notable miracle following the experience of Pentecost. All right, he, he lays claim to that. Nobody else can lay claim to that. He, he got his name in the, in the record book right there. The first notable miracle after the Holy Ghost was poured out in the upper room, the first notable miracle that was recorded in the book of Acts, amen, because of his condition that qualified him. Amen. I can recall on many occasions my dad uh, saying, and he's here tonight to, to confirm this, but everybody wants a miracle, but not, one, not many want to be in the condition it takes to need a miracle. Now, he may have said it in different words, but, right, we all want a miracle. Amen. God, you're a healer, but I don't want to be the one sick. God, you're a provider, but I don't want to be the one with the bill that needs paid. Amen. God, you're a way maker, but I don't want to be the one with the dead end in front of me. Right? But it is that condition. Amen. It was the condition of the lame man that qualified him for a miracle. Just being lame in and of itself, his condition alone was not what qualified him for a healing. But it was the combination of his condition, his being lame, and his character that qualified him to be for the healing. Amen. For the miracle. It was his character, uh, amen, that qualified him. He was not Proud to admit, he was not too proud to admit that he was lame. Amen. When we talk about character, I'm not talking about how perfect he was. Amen. Nor is it your perfection that qualifies you for God to touch you. Amen. When we talk about character, I'm not talking about you having never told a lie or that you've never cheated on a test or that, you know, you've you've always done everything by the book. That's not what we're talking about. When we talk about the character of this man, it was his humility. Amen. He was not too proud to admit that he was lame. He was not too proud to admit that he had a need. Amen. He was not too proud to admit his condition. He was placed in a public place where his lame condition would be on display for everybody that passed by. Amen. Everybody that passed by would know because of where he was at, amen, that he had a, that he had a condition that he was dealing with. Amen. He was not just lame, but he was humble. He was willing to admit that he had a need. Now, I know, you know, we can look back at that in the context and say, well, of course, you know, he, he was lame. It was obvious to everybody. But spiritually, there are many that are lame, but they don't want to admit it. They try to hide it. They try to disguise it. Amen. We work hard to cover it up. We don't want anybody to think that we have any flaws. And, and because of our pride, because we're too proud to beg, that we remain lame. Amen. Because we're too proud to admit that we've got a condition, that we've got issues that we're dealing with, we just continue on in our lame condition. Amen. The fact is that everybody in this building, look around you right now, everybody in this building is lame in some way. Tell your neighbor you're lame. All right? Amen. All of us. Amen. Hopefully your spouse will forgive you. Tell the pastor told me to. All right? Hopefully you weren't waiting for that moment. You're like, ah, finally. All right? All of us, everybody in this building In some way, we are lame. Amen. When we came to Jesus Christ, we had conditions. And my opinion is until we, amen, put on our glorified bodies, as long as we're in this human vessel, we're going to continue to have issues. Amen. That's why we need Jesus. We need Jesus. 
Amen. I'm not going to be perfect until I get glorified. I'm in the process, amen, of sanctification. But when I take on that form of glorified, amen, when this humanity is cast off, then I can say, you know what, I've got it together now. But but as long as I'm in this body, I'm not too proud to admit I'm lame. Amen. There's something about me. There's, There's some part of my character. There's some part of me physical, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, there's something in me that I need Jesus to touch me. And, and, and it's, it's not in coming in and, and proving to everybody that you don't have a need. That's not what qualifies you for a miracle. It's when you're humble enough to say, you know what, I do need Jesus. I do need Jesus. I need a miracle. Amen. I came today with a need. Amen. Let me tell you who gets touched on Sunday. Let me tell you who gets touched on Sunday, who, who God moves upon. On, it's not the people that come and they've got it all together and they sit there all dignified. It's the people that come on Sunday and say, I've got a need today. Amen. I've got a need and I'm not too proud to admit it. I need Jesus. Amen. I think, I think if we really want to get the attention of heaven, we should all just show up on Sunday and say, I'm not too proud to admit I've got a need today. Amen. We are all imperfect sinners. The difference is that some will humble themselves and position themselves for the miracle while others will miss the miracle because of their pride. Psalms 51 verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Amen. It's our humility that qualifies us for the miracle. James chapter 4, verse 6, the New American Standard Bible says it this way, but he gives greater grace. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Amen. You're not doing yourself any favor when you come in clothed in your self-righteousness, trying to impress everybody around you with how good you are. It would be much better for you to just humble yourself and say, I need Jesus. Amen. I needed him last Sunday. I needed him last Wednesday. And I need him again tonight. And tomorrow, I'm going to need him tomorrow. I'm going to need him on Friday. I'm going to need him on Saturday. Amen. Because God is attracted to humility. He gives greater grace to those who are humble. Amen. James 4 and 10. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Have you believed that God can lift you higher than you can lift yourself? Anybody, there, there's an old statement that says, lift yourself up by your bootstraps. Have you ever tried to do that? I, I don't know. It, it's, it's impossible. You try, to, try to bend down and get a hold of your bootstraps and pull yourself up. It don't work too well. Amen. We, there's only a limited amount that we can lift ourselves up. But you, you humble yourselves and let God start elevating you. And I promise you, God will lift you up far higher than you could ever lift yourself. So what is the key? Amen. The key is what qualified that that man. Amen. That I know I've got a condition and I'm not too proud to admit it. Amen. And that is what makes everybody in this building a candidate for a miracle. Amen. And the Bible goes on and tells us as we read, it says that they would take this lame man and they would lay him daily at the gate. Amen. And I want to reach back into the previous chapter into what we talked about last week in Acts chapter 2 and just a couple of points in reaching back to Acts 2 that I want to, I think they tie into this uh, first 10 verses of Acts 3 and and especially in this point where it talks about they brought this man and the the miracle that is done here. The miracle of Acts chapter 3 
verses 1 through 2, 1 through 10 rather, is Luke expounding on the statement of Acts 2.43. Somebody read Acts chapter 2, verse 43. Anybody? All right, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. That's what Luke says in, in the previous chapter. And now he's, so that was kind of a blanket statement. Now he's telling us about one of those miracles, one of those many signs and wonders. So back in Acts 2.43, right, he's telling us there were many signs and wonders that were done. And now in Acts 3, he says, now I'm going to tell you about one of those. All right, kind of like when you double click on something and it opens up to, a, you know, it, it takes you to that link. So it's the hyperlink back in Acts 2.43. He says, many signs and wonders, double click on that. Now let me tell you about one of those miracles. All right. And, and last week we talked about the Acts 2.43 atmosphere was created by the Acts 2.42 commitment. All right, everybody remember that? I know it's been a week. Two of you, all right, all right. Should we just play last week's and then we'll jump? No, I'm kidding. All right, so in, let's look at Acts 2.42. What happens in Acts 2.42 is what sets the atmosphere for Acts 2.43. Somebody read Acts 2.42. All right, they committed themselves. They were devoted to it. They committed. They said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to and remember, these were corporate commitments they were making. That we're going to continue in the apostles' doctrine, that is the teaching. We're going to allow the, the apostles to teach, and we're going to receive what they teach. All right? We're going to continue in fellowship. We're going to continue in communion. And we're going to continue in corporate prayer. And when they made those commitments, that's what created the, the atmosphere for Acts 2.43, which was the atmosphere for miracles, signs, and wonders. Amen. And so it was the Acts 2.43 atmosphere, again, was one, one of the, this Acts 3 miracle was one of the many signs and wonders that had been worked by the commitment that they made to fellowship, prayer, the apostles' doctrine, amen, and communion, amen. And so again, we're expanding on that now as we commit ourselves to a togetherness in teaching and receiving doctrine, as we commit ourselves as a church to fellowship, to communion and to prayers. The miracles that the apostle worked will become less of a rare occasion and more of a common occurrence. Amen. Again, what we're reading in Acts 3 was because they, the church had committed themselves that we're going to be faithful in fellowship. Amen. We're going to be faithful in corporate prayer. We're going to be faithful in communion. We're going to be faithful in gathering together and letting the apostles teach us, and we're going to receive what is taught. And when they committed to that, then these kind of miracles started happening. Amen. And I believe that. I believe that as a church, as we start committing to these things and we come together on Monday night, and I know it's not convenient. Amen. Prayer is not meant to be convenient. Amen. It's meant to cost you something. If, if it doesn't cost you anything, there's, probably, there's not much value to it in the kingdom. Amen. How many of you know it, things that have greater value cost you more? That's just a principle, amen? And so I know it's not convenient to come on Monday, but the more that we come together as a church body and we pray together on Monday, and the more that we give importance to fellowship and being together and connecting with one another, the more, amen, that we, that we devote ourselves to communion, amen, the more that we come together and allow the preaching and the teaching of the word, I believe that we're going to start seeing more things like the lame getting up and walking. Amen, it's going to become a common occurrence. 
Amen. The Bible says there were many signs and wonders. This is just one of them, but there were many others that took place. Amen. I believe it should be a common occurrence where people come to church and they come in lame and they walk out whole. Amen. I believe it should be a common occurrence that people come in with tumors and they walk out without the tumor. Amen. They come in with diabetes and they leave without it. Amen. Brother Vahaska, they come in with heart conditions and they leave and God has worked it out. Amen. Amen. Many signs and wonders. Somebody say many. Many. I don't, I don't think it should be isolated. I think we should always be amazed by it, but I don't think we should be surprised by it. Amen. I think we should come to church expecting God is going to heal somebody today. God is going to deliver. You know, the greatest miracle is salvation. Amen. When God takes a sin-ravaged soul and he washes the sin away out of that life, amen, and sets them on a new path, amen, and gives them, amen, not just a, a new life but a new eternity, amen. That is the greatest miracle of all. Sunday morning, the church that I preached at in Dallas, in the middle of worship service, just a great move of God felt, felt like home. There was just a great deep move of God in the altar or during worship, and some had gathered in the altar in the middle of that. This, this uh, just elderly man came down front. I didn't know anything about him until afterwards, but he just his, grand, his grandchildren, each uh, one on one side and one on the other, walked him down the altar, and he stood there, and the pastor came and prayed with him. He raised his hands, and within about 45 seconds, he was speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. The backstory, the backstory on that, the pastor said, that man has the worst reputation of any person in this community. He said he, he is a whoremonger. I mean, he, he, you know, he went on. I won't say all that he said. He just said he's got a terrible reputation and he's got one week to live. Amen. But he walked down to that altar. Amen. And a miracle greater than a lame man getting up and walking took place in that altar. Amen. When in a moment of time, Jesus forgave that man of his sins and filled him with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Can I tell you, Jesus wants to do that this Sunday here in Living Hope. Amen. He wants to do that tomorrow in our community. Amen. Many signs and wonders. The other thing that I would draw our attention to in this uh, Acts chapter 3, in this portion of Scripture, amen, in verse number 2. Amen, Josh, I think you're my designated reader. Read Acts chapter 3, verse 2. Whom they laid, whom they laid, Daily, all right, I want, I, I want to draw our attention to that. Last week, thank you, Brother Josh, we looked at the connection between Acts 2.46 and Acts 2.47, right? This word daily, is, it's, it's kind of a theme that starts to come out beginning in Acts 2.46, goes on to 2.47, and now it's picked up again in Acts 3 and 2. In Acts 2.46, it says the church continued daily in fellowship and communion. And then in Acts 2.47, the Bible says the Lord added to the church daily. Amen. When God saw that the church was willing to daily invest in fellowship and daily invest in communion, then God said, I'll add to you daily. Amen. Here's what I believe. I believe that the principle is this. God's not going to add more than we're willing to invest. All right. Two amens and a lot of I don't know about that. Still. All right. I'm telling you the truth. God's not going to add more to the church than we're willing to put into it. 
If we will get serious about fellowship, not just while we're here in this building, but I've got to connect with somebody. I've got to create a connection with somebody. Amen. Amen. I've got to, I've got to continue in prayer and fellowship. When we will invest in that daily, I believe that God is going to start adding to the church daily, such as should be. That's the way God wants to do it. Such That's the way it should be done. But God is saying, I can do it daily, but I want to know, are you willing to invest daily? Are you willing to give what it's going to take so that that person I add to the church doesn't just walk out the door? I need to know that I found a church that I can trust with the care of the people I add to the church. Again, it's going to cost us something. How many of you are willing to to spend $7 at Starbucks to see a soul saved? More importantly, how many of you are willing to spend that valuable two hours of your time? Seven dollars, that's, I mean, that's a lot for coffee, but uh, you know, it is what it is. If you go to Starbucks, you know that's what you're going to pay, roughly. I'm rounding up a little bit probably, but after you give them a tip, that's about where you're at. But, but it, the time thing, that's, that's, that's the crunch in North America today. That's the crunch in our culture. Amen. We're, we're an affluent nation. There's, there's finances. We can find money for what we need it for. But our time, that's, that's, where, that's where it really starts to pinch the church is when, when, when God starts to ask us to give up our time. When God starts to say, well, are you willing to invest an hour? Are you willing to give a couple of hours on a Thursday evening or a Tuesday afternoon or meet somebody for lunch? Are you willing to take a few hours that you would invest over here and invest it into a soul? And when God sees that the church is willing to invest daily, I think God is going to send a revival like we've never seen before. But God needs to know that we're willing to invest. How many of you are willing to invest daily? Come on, Living Hope. I believe that when we will invest daily, God will add daily. There ain't a building big enough for what God wants to do in this community. This building ain't big enough. The one we're getting ready to build next door ain't big enough. Amen. If we double the size, it ain't big enough for what God wants to do in this community, such as should be saved. Amen. The measure of their investment in fellowship determined God's addition to the church. In Acts 3, verse 2, though, we find the frequency uh, that this word daily mentioned once again. The Bible says they laid the lame man at the gate daily. So here's the connection. They were, the church was investing daily in their corporate coming together. They're investing in fellowship. They're investing in worship. They're investing in communion. Amen. That's awesome. The church is growing daily. God is adding to the church daily. And if we're not careful... The church can become this kind of hermetically sealed chamber, right, where we're all coming together and it's all good in the church and we've got relationships within the church and God's adding to the church and we're all tied and we love each other, amen, but we can sometimes, if we're not careful, lose sight that there are hurting people outside of this building, amen. There are lame people every day while we're fellowshipping with one another and while God is growing the church. uh, Let us not forget that the Great Commission was not just to get together and fellowship. Yes, we need fellowship, but the Great Commission was not just get together and have a good time, uh, amen, and have great church on Sunday and set out extra rows of chairs. That was not the Great Commission. The Great Commission was go ye into all the world, uh, amen. The Great Commission was there's a lame man at the gate. Amen. And while we're devoting ourselves to doctrine, fellowship, communion, prayer daily, there's a lame man being laid at the gate daily. 
Here's the challenge. I think we can get out of balance either way. Some can get out of balance where all the focus is on the lame man at the gate. Or, on the other hand, we can get out of balance where all of our focus is on corporate, on our commitment to us. Amen? Can I tell you, we've got to have both. Amen? We've got to have both. We've got to have a strong church. We've got to have a church where we love one another. We've got to have a church where there's strong relationships and fellowship and prayer that is taking place. But at the same time, we can't get so overloaded in that that we're not reaching for the lame man that is laying at the gate. Amen. That we're forgetting that there are people all around this city that have needs. Amen. There's a drug addict tonight that is being laid at the gate. There's an alcoholic in our community tonight that is being laid at the gate. Amen. And while we come together and we fellowship and we worship together, we cannot forget that there's a lame man at the gate. Amen. Amen. It was their attention on the lame man that was laid at the gate that allowed what was with happening within the church. How many of you want the atmosphere that we have at Living Hope to permeate beyond the walls of this building? Amen. Isn't it great on Sunday when we get in here? There's no greater feeling on a Sunday we're worshiping and that powerful presence of God begins to move. Amen. And, and, and you can watch as people are transformed as the Spirit of God sweeps through, sweep through this building. Amen. I, I, wouldn't that be awesome? If, that, if, if you walk around, the, the, pushing your little buggy through food line, you turn the corner, and boom, there it is, the presence of God. And in that aisle, there are people with arms stretched out toward heaven on their knees, and God is moving on people. Wouldn't that be awesome? Amen. If on your job, you walk around to the cubicle next to you, and you walk around the corner, and there's your coworker on their knees with their hands stretched toward heaven, and what we enjoy every Sunday has invaded the workplace. Amen. Wouldn't that be awesome for the atmosphere that we have here every week to get out into our community? It was the daily commitment to fellowship that created the environment for the apostles to do the many signs and wonders. But it was their attention to the lame man that was laid at the gate daily that allowed what was happening within the church to expand without the church. Look back at Acts chapter 2 verse 43. Amen. The, the New American Standard Bible says everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. Amen. There was this reverence there was this awe there was wonder and amazement because of all the miracles this is in the church that we're talking about right now right all the people that have been added to the church and are fellowshipping together and praying together there's this wonder and amazement among them everybody say that was in the church now take a look at acts chapter 3 verses 9 and 10 after this miracle takes place and the bible says all the people saw this man walking and praising god and not church people now all right, these are the people out in the community took note of this man who used to sit at the gate of beautiful begging home, and they were all filled with wonder and amazement. The same atmosphere that was in the church was now in the world. Amen. Why? Because Peter and John weren't so busy and so consumed with just getting to prayer that they passed by the lame man, but they saw the need of the lame man. Can I I believe that God wants what happens in here on Sunday to get into our high schools and into our colleges.
Amen. I, I believe it's happening. Whether I believe it or not, it is happening. It's getting onto our college campuses. But I believe God wants to do it right here in Southern Maryland. Uh, amen. God wants middle schools and high schools. Uh, amen. The same power of God that we feel on a Sunday. God wants it to get into our world. The same environment. Back in Acts 2, in the church, all wonder and amazement. Acts 3, out in the community in Jerusalem, all wonder and amazement. Same environment because somebody was willing to get beyond just what we do and say, I've, I've got, I, I recognize the need that is present. I see the lame man that is at the gate. The Bible says the man asked them for alms. Amen. Simon fastens his eyes upon the man along with John. What is it? They're aware of a need. Amen. Have you ever been you know, on your way to church? And you get that, light, that red light, and then the next red light, and, and then the next red light, right? And it's just, I mean, I just, I want to I wanna get to church, right? And, and, and I'm glad we do. You know, don't run the red light. Just wait for it. Get here. Here a few minutes late. We'll understand. All right? But, but this could have been an inconvenience for Peter and John. They're on their way to, right, back in Acts 2, they committed themselves to prayer. They committed themselves, they devoted themselves to fellowship, and that's what they're on their way to do. They were on their way to the temple. The Bible says they were on the way at the ninth hour, amen, which what I read is about three in the afternoon. They're on their way to the church. It's prayer time. They're on their way to church, and here's this inconvenience. This man is reaching up, asking alms of them, amen. But instead of being so focused, amen, instead of being so focused on what they had committed themselves to, and I, I'm not saying prayer is not important, but what I am saying is we can't ignore the needs that are around us, amen. The reason why we go to prayer is so that God will give us the power to meet the need, amen. The reason that we come together to pray is so that we can have the power to say to the lame man, rise up and walk. They fix their eyes on him. I wonder, are you aware of the needs around you? Are you aware of the needs in your neighborhood? Are you aware of needs? Are, are, you, are you in such a hurry that you don't have time to recognize the needs in the people around you? Amen. But they fix their eyes upon this man with the need. And they said, look on us. Everybody say, look on us. Say, tell your neighbor, say, look at me. How many of you know that's a bold statement to make? I've usually found when I say, look at me, it usually precedes me tripping. <laughs> me making a blunder of myself. But this was, Peter and John were not boasting. They were, they were making a statement of faith. They were making a bold statement. And you can only direct somebody to look at you if you know that you have something to give them. Amen? You can only have the confidence to say to somebody, Look at me, if you know that you've got something to give them. Can y'all play that clip? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, good. Oh, we're going to play just a, a few minutes of this clip. Isn't it pretty? Up there, I was going to go pray with them lines, and we were going to pray with the lines, and I could hear singing, and I'm telling you, you could just feel the presence of the Lord moving throughout this, this place. Many people, many people have been repenting there for days. Repenting. Pause it one second. God, I'm turning from sin. Give us Let me just give you context. This is Evangelist Taylor Fish. He went over to Asbury last week and went over and was praying in the prayer meeting with those young people. And this is he's testifying about what happened. 
Bible. God, I'm turning from sin. They didn't have the full message, but let me tell you, just because just because somebody's starting point don't look like where I am right now don't mean I got to judge and say, oh, no, God's not doing something here. I'm telling you, God is doing something in the earth. God. There's over 20 colleges right now where people are in the courtyards crying out to God. Hey, how do you explain this? I want to tell you, God is reaching into this world and he's prepping this nation. He's prepping this nation for end time harvest. Hey, I'm telling you, it's here. This is what we prayed about. This is what we believe for. I'm thankful for what's happened here. But I'm telling you, God is ready to pour it out. I got there. There were some other apostolics there. The truth is, the only reason they probably knew me was probably from the live stream here. Because <laughs> the reach that it has. But some of them looked at me and said, oh, you're here. I looked at a few of them. I said, yeah, what are you doing here? They said, there was a couple of them that said, well, we're just here to see what's going on. Man, it really hit me in the heart. <laughs> I said, I'm not here to see what's going on. I said, God is about to give me a door. <laughs> I said, God's about to give me a door of utterance. And I'm going to preach. And when I do, the Holy Ghost is going to fall. Get ready to pray. They said, all right, we're ready. Let me tell you, they, they were, we, we saw this big crowd in the middle of the courtyard, grassy area there. And I stepped, we stepped out there and they were singing, man. And there was this young girl that was in the middle. I guess she was a student there. And she'd say, sing goodness of God. And they'd begin to sing. All my life you have been faithful. And everybody would sing it. And you know what? I didn't stand there and spectate. But I lifted my hands with them. Because I knew God was doing something. Hey, let me tell you, there were tears dripping off their chins. They're, oh, God, it was sincere. It was sincere. So I want to tell you, God is reaching for the denominal world right now. God is reaching for the religious world. He's wanting to pull somebody out of religion and bring them to experience. That's what God's looking to do in the world. But somewhere in the midst of all of this, they had sang about four songs, and I had my... I had my finger on Acts 19. Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? I had my finger on Acts 19, and this I'd kind of pushed my way to pretty close to the middle of the circle, and the girl that was kind of calling the shots to the field worship service or whatever looked at me, and she said, Do you have something to say? I'm preaching about a door of utterance now. I'm not preaching about something I forced my way into. I'm preaching about, oh God, I'm preaching about hearing a word from God that said go. Positioning myself for God to use me. Oh, and then someone looking at me and saying, do you have something to say? Hey honey, I got to preach to somebody right now. When you pray for a door of utterance and you're asked, do you have something to say? You better have something to say. You better have something. 
Oh, I'm excited about this here tonight. You better have something to say. I want to tell you, I got up and I began to explain Acts 19. I read where they were baptized in Jesus' name. And I said, if you're here and you've never received the Holy Ghost, lift up your hands now. People begin to lift up their hands. They begin to let out their voice. And in about 10 seconds, about 15 people received the Holy Ghost instantly. I turned around, there's this one lady. She was in a purple jacket. I don't know where she was from, but these were people from all over, all over the United States, even from all over the world. And th this lady, she, she was lifting up her hands, and when I turned around to lay hands on her, my, head, my hand got about this close. I didn't even touch her. God said, I don't even need you, boy. Let me do this. He filled her with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. She began to speak with other tongues. Amen. Come on. Simon looked at that lame man and said, look on us. Amen. You better have something to say. Amen. If, you're, if we're going to tell the world, look on us, we better have something to give them. Amen. When you're inviting your friends and telling them, come to my church on Sunday, God will deliver you. You better have the power to pray and see God deliver them when they show up. Amen. That's what Peter did. Peter said, look on me because Peter knew what he had. Amen. If we tell the world that we've got something to give them, they're going to look. The Bible says, Peter said to that man, look on us. And the Bible says that man looked at them expecting to receive. Now, he thought he was going to get a few gold coins, amen, a few tokens out of them, but, but there was an expectation to receive because they had said to him, look on us, amen, living hope. When our guests show up on Sunday, we can't afford to have dead, dry church, amen. When our guests walk in this building on Sunday, we can't afford to just give them religion, Amen. We can't afford to just give them a show of religion. When they walk in this building on Sunday, we've got to have something to give them. How many of you know we've got it? We've got the Holy Ghost. That's what Simon was talking about. He said, I know I've got something to give you because I just received the Holy Ghost. And he had heard Jesus tell him, when you receive the Holy Ghost, you're going to become my witnesses. Amen. You're going to have power. And Simon believed that. If you've got the Holy Ghost, how many of you know that you got power when you got the Holy Ghost? So on Sunday, don't come in here expecting dead church because we've got a world that is coming looking to expect, expecting to receive something. And I'm excited to let them know we've got something to give you. Amen. We may not be able to pay your electric bill next month. Amen. We may not be able to counsel you out of all of your needs. But we do have the Holy Ghost. Such as we have, give we unto thee. Amen. Hallelujah. And there's got, there's got to be that boldness. And there's got to be, the boldness started when Simon said, look at me. Amen. Simon was saying, I've got something. And, amen. Don't, don't, don't well, that, that's pride. That's not pride. What it is is you're using fake humility as a reason not to talk to people. Well, I'm too humble to tell people to look at me. Hey, you're a child of God. 
Amen. As long as you're deflecting that glory back to God, it ain't you. I hope you know that. It's the Holy Ghost in you. Amen. But we need to have confidence to go in this community and say, look at what the Lord has done in me. Amen. Look at what God is doing in me. I want you to know that I've got to, amen. The Bible says that we got to be ready to give answer for the hope that lies in us. Amen. You can't do that and keep your mouth shut at the same time. I'm asking you this week, go through the community and tell somebody, look at me. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe not those exact words, but let me tell you, I've got something real. I've got something real. I've got something that works. I've got what you're looking for. Amen. I've got the answer. Your family that's being broken up by sin. I've got what you're looking for. Amen. That alcohol that's not satisfying. I'm, I've got what you're looking for. Amen. That drug, that drug fix that can't do it for you any longer. I've got what you're looking on me. And then when they do and they fix their gaze on us and they walk into this church and we're seeing some growth right now, but I just have a feeling it ain't anything like what we're getting ready to see. I don't think it's going to be any stretch that we see 20 and 30 guests every time we come together and they're going to walk in this building and they're going to be looking at us. What do you have to give me? You say, look at me. Now what do you have? And they can't afford to walk in here and see us with jealousies and bickering and fighting each other and arms folded, amen, and skeptical about what the preacher's preaching. They need to see a church that gets on their feet and says, we've got the Holy Ghost. We've got what you've been looking for. We've got the answer. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. I feel the whole, how many of you believe that? We've got what they need. We've got what the lame man needs. We've got what the lame man needs. We have the power of the Holy Ghost. No, we're not perfect, but we've got the power. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says after that, I'm almost done. Amen. It just gives you hope, right? When I say that, it gives you hope. The Bible says, after that, that man was healed, and Luke is a physician, and he gives some detail, right? There's all the, you know, normally a, a physician, after you go in and get a procedure done, there's a recovery time, right? No matter what it is, you go in and get a tooth pulled, there's a recovery time. It feels like the older I get, the longer the recovery time is. And I just go in to get my throat looked at. I feel like, well, I, I need a week off of work for that. I just I feel like I need more recovery time. But Luke, Luke is pointing out some great things here. That man couldn't walk, and, 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 and Peter, Peter and John pray for that man and, and, and take him by the right hand and lift him up, and there's no recovery time. Amen. That man's joints and bones and ligaments came together, and that man just skipped six months of rehab and went right to walking and leaping and praising God. Come on, that's the God that, listen, God can... That man that walked out of that altar on Sunday, I don't know, in his early 90s, I think it was, a a terrible reputation. And in a moment of time, God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Can I tell you, God is able to fix in a moment. Amen. God is able to rehab. Amen. God is able to skip the whole process of rehab and transform lives. And here we we get in our mind. We get I think we say it today, we get in our own head. Because we start trying to figure out how God can do it. Because we see the mess they're in. And we, we invite them to church and we're like, I don't know how God's going to fix this. And we're dealing with some issues in our world today. I mean, our, there was a church out in uh, Texas. The pastor was telling me they had a couple come to his church. And they'd been coming for a while. Had a couple of kids. And after about a year and a half in the church, they came and said, Pastor, we want to meet with you. 
said, we want to get involved in leadership. I said, all right. They said, you've been coming for a while. You went through the classes. They said, well, here's the issue is that I, I used to be a man. It had a, a, a transition. How do you deal with those kind of issues? I, amen. I, I don't, I'm just telling you, that, that the example there is we're dealing with issues that nobody has ever dealt with before, but we just have to trust Jesus. Uh, amen. We just have to trust the Lord that he knows how to put things back together again. He knows how, amen, to put those ankle, bone, ankle bones and connect them to the, to the shins and connect them to God knows how. to. It ain't up to us to figure out how. It's up to us to say such as I have, give I thee. God can work it out. Amen. But they saw him. Everybody said they saw him. They saw him walking and praising God. Let me, there's, there's a difference between a praise that people can hear and a praise that people can see. Amen. How many of you know if you're praising God in a way that people can see that you're praising God, you're doing some business, you're doing some work. Amen. You're putting some work in if people can tell by looking at you that you are praising God. Amen. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing just another one of those dances they do now at the club. Amen. There's something different about the way that I'm worshiping, right? There's something different about the way that I'm raising my hands right now. The Bible says that that lame man had been so transformed that his praise was one that was visible. Can I tell some good church folk tonight that have gotten so mature in your walk with God that now you give an audible praise to God, but you couldn't tell by looking at you, amen, that God ever transformed you. Can I invite you right now to get back to the roots, to get back to the basics and give God a visible praise. Amen. Give God a praise that people can tell by looking at you. Amen. That God has been too good to me for me to sit here. Amen. God's been too good to me for me to be dignified and fit in. Amen. I want to give God a praise that you can tell by looking at me. Amen. That God brought me from a long way. They could tell by looking at him that he was praising God. Hallelujah. And after he was healed and strength came into his legs, you can remain standing, musicians. The first place he went, where's the first place he went? Back to Dairy Queen. Super Bowl winner. I'm going to, Dairy, I'm going to Disney World. Now, the first place he went, where was the first place he went? Into the temple. Come on, the first place this lame man went, he went right into the temple. Amen. He was laying at a beautiful gate, but he said, I'm not content with the beautiful gate. Amen. I've been waiting to get into the temple. Amen. When God does a transformation in your life, can I tell you that Jesus will transform their desires? Again, we want to try to, we want to, try to help Jesus out. Well, Jesus, this friend of mine, I want to invite him to church, but they're really bad. And they got some messed up desires. I'm not sure if my church can handle this, this friend of mine. This person that I know, I'm, I'm not sure if my church, Jesus can handle their desires. The last place they might have ever wanted to be is in the temple. But you let Jesus get a hold of those ankle bones. You let Jesus get into that lame condition of their life. You let Jesus start doing a work of transformation. And he will change. The, the first place they want to get when they get up in the morning, I want to get back to the house. Anybody remember when you first got the Holy Ghost? You wanted church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You, you just wanted to live at the church if you could. Amen. I pray to God that God would give us a baptism of that all over again. Hey, God, get me back to my first love. God, get me back to that place where I just wanted to be in the temple. God can handle their desire. Well, they're so messed up, Pastor. 
I'm afraid if I bring them to church, they're just so messed up. God can take care of that. God will transform their desires. The Bible says, last point, the people recognized him as the man that had been laid at the gate. They, they, rec- they looked at him and said, that, that guy was lame. They recognized him. It was the transformation of his life that was the testimony. So often we want to hide it. We don't want people to know that we used to be lame. We don't want people to know that we used to have messes in our lives. We want to come with our, you know, and I'm not against you dressing nice to come, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we want to act like we've always worn suits to church, that we were never broken and busted and messed up. We want to walk in and act like we've always had, can I tell you, God doesn't get any glory unless they see what you used to be, unless they know where God brought you from. I'm not saying if he delivered you from alcohol that you should walk in with a bottle. What I am saying is you need to be ready to give a word of testimony for what God has delivered you from. But it wasn't just that they knew where he came from. It was that they knew, they knew that he used to be the lame man, but then they compared that to this man that is walking and praising God, and that is what brought upon them awe and amazement. They knew what he used to be, and then they saw what he was now, and that's what they need to see when they walk into this church. Amen. They need to know that we're not perfect people. We're busted. We're broken. We've got messes that we've got has brought us out of, but look at me now. God has transformed me. Amen. He gave me a new way of living. He gave me peace. He gave me joy. to raise our hands in this room right now. God, this Sunday, I'm praying, Lord, bring them, bring. God, I pray right, I thank you for fellowship. We need it. Living hope, we need fellowship. I hope you got the point on that by now. And I'm not going to quit because we need it. Because it's the atmosphere that is created by our fellowship. It's the atmosphere that's created by our fellowship that gives us the power to go into our world and do many, many signs and wonders. If we're not praying together, we have no power. If we're not fellowshipping together, we have no strength. But let us not become so inner dwelling where it's all about us and we forget that right now there's a lame man. Right now, right now, as we're praying, there's a lame man in this city. There's somebody with a condition that they think it's impossible that they're ever going to get healing. They think there's no hope that they can ever rise up from this condition that they're dealing with. Amen. So let us rise from our fellowship. Let us leave tonight from this place of fellowship and let us go into our world and say to somebody, look on me. Come on, I've got what you've been looking for. I've got the answer. No, I'm not perfect, but I have experienced the power of the Holy Ghost. And what I have, I can give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus.